freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. And GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the Conservative Crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. We're not with Red Future Radio anymore. I'll get that out of my head eventually. Uh, welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader on this Wednesday, November 15th, year of our Lord 2023. Once again, doing a morning show due to scheduling. We usually do evening shows about 6.30 p.m. here on Twitter Spaces. Uh, we are doing an earlier show, but the podcast will be out anytime you want to listen to it over at gopjosh.com show if you miss any part of the program. All right. We, are, we look forward to today's program. Got a lot of news we want to get to. Before we get into that, to support the program, keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash gopjosh. I feel like I'm a broken record, but it is the only way you can help keep us on the air. The program will remain free, and there's no pressure whatsoever. Uh, but if you'd like to support, that is how you can do it. Also, there will be no program this Friday due to scheduling, but we will be back with a very strong episode on Monday, uh, so I look forward to that. President Xi Jinping is in America. I noticed, uh, I saw yesterday he landed in San Francisco. I'm not sure why, of all places in this country, China, or, or yeah, but Biden, same thing, would want Xi Jinping to see San Francisco before any other city in America. You know, there's the D.C. airport is beautiful. The Atlanta airport's all right. It, it's a mess, but it'd fit for Xi Jinping. Uh, Columbus is a beautiful airport. You know, there's a lot of beautiful places in the Midwest, uh, even other places in California that would be better than in San Francisco to send someone like Xi Jinping. But that's where they, they, they sent him. He landed in San Francisco. Um, so let's talk about the, some of the details behind this. This is from NBC News. A presidential meeting at an undisclosed location. Students lining the streets waving Chinese flags. A $2,000 per plate dinner with the most powerful business executives in America. Every aspect of chi uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping's visit to California this week has been highly choreographed down to what he sees outside the window during a motorcade ride uh, and what camera angle he's recorded from. Kirk Campbell, the White House coordinator for the Indo-Pacific, said, quote, there is no detail too small. Any meeting between two heads of state involves a degree of pomp and circumstance, but President Joe Biden's long-awaited sit-down with Xi on Wednesday is the product of painstaking efforts to accommodate China's many requests. The behind-the-scenes effort is a sign of Beijing's anxiety over the optics that could result in Xi's 
first visit to the U.S. in years. Overall, China is looking for Xi's trip to California to be seen as a grand visit. I didn't know Joe Biden even had yearly performance reviews from his boss. I mean, we go over there. We send Gavin Newsom over there for some reason, who, by the way, he is going to run for president. If he doesn't, I'd be incredibly surprised. I, I wouldn't be disappointed, but I would be surprised. Um, even he has yearly performance reviews, to, uh, Joe Biden having to go over there, or he comes here to talk about the work he's doing. Uh, listen, this isn't a big deal outside of the fact that we have a anti-American on, on our land meeting with the president. So it is kind of a big deal. Um, but I am just, I am amazed that they sent him to San Francisco. I, I'm just, I'm surprised by that. Obviously, that's that's Nancy Pelosi's home turf. And it's also the place that is terrible. I mean, I've never been to, to San Francisco and I don't plan on ever going. Uh, but it can't be like a normal a normal town. They they talk so much trash about it. It has needles in the street, which obviously he's not going to see that. Um, it, it's just like when you, you take a country or a president through a dictatorship and you show him all the nice parts of the country and don't show him the crappy parts. They're going to hide everything bad from Xi Jinping. If they show how weak we are as a country, we'll be off the pl- face of the earth in three days. right? If they attack us, we have such depleted resources thanks to Ukraine um, that they could take us down in, in no time. And, and so this is kind of a stressful visit, I would imagine. I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't really care. We're going to be fine. Um, I think there's enough of us patriots that would take up arms if necessary if we get in a war with China on our own uh, without the organization of the government. We should be fine anyway. Um, so uh, they insisted the meeting be held in a broader gathering of Asia-Pacific leaders in San Francisco this week and at a location entirely separate from the Asia-Pacific Economic Corporation summit site. Two for current and former U.S. officials said China's request was designed to elevate Z's stature above that of other world leaders traveling to California this week. Why do they pick California? I know it's our largest state, but it's also the worst state, probably because it's so large. I would like to see them go to Washington, D.C. Uh, because the intimacy, and I, I talk about Washington, D.C. a lot. I love the city. I, I really do. Um, and I know I'm a swamp creature for saying that, whatever. But it's a beautiful city. Unless you go on the bad side of town. I would like to see Xi Jinping on the, I think it's the east side of D.C. where they have the Marine Bur- uh, Parade. See him after dark by himself out there. I just want to see how he would react. He's a mama's boy. I'd love to see how that would react. Um, but, okay, he's going to do a 2,000-plate dinner with top U.S. CEOs and other dignitaries, officials said. They said that Biden isn't expected to be there because he'll be hosting a separate dinner, but that some high-level administration officials might attend. So who's getting the $2,000 for this plate? Is that, is that all going to Xi Jinping? Why are U.S. CEOs wanting to meet with Xi Jinping unless it's like, I don't know, What's his name? Jeff Bezos from Amazon who, who gets all his products from overseas or, or any of the other crazy businessmen that want to make money over there. Um, $2,000 a plate. I really want to know where that money's going. Um, which is being held by American think tanks, including the Asia Society and the U.S.-China Business Council. The evening will also include a private VIP reception beforehand for key executives. Uh, so if you're a key executive to your company, is going to go over there and spend over $2,000 to meet with Xi Jinping, you probably shouldn't buy from that company anymore. And it's going to be a lot of... C- I, I doubt they'll publicize the list. 
but I have a feeling it'll be the CEOs of Walmart, of Target, of of all the grocery stores where they're trying to get your meat imported from over there and the the fake meat, the the roach meat. Um, it's gonna be all the tech billionaires. Gonna be probably the person that that owns this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Elon Musk stops by. Obviously, two thousand dollars is a drop in the bucket to them. But anyone that would pay money to get an audience of a Chinese president is not someone we should support. Uh, I, I can tell you for sure. I was listening earlier to MAGA Mornings with Alan Jacoby, which is probably one of my favorite Rumble shows, uh, 1776live.tv for his show. And I, I encourage you all to go follow him over there and follow him on X and all the fun places. Uh, he is the, the CEO of the Patriot Cigar Company. Something tells me he's not paying $2,000 to get an audience with Xi Jinping. So maybe you should back that and, and back the MAGA commerce people that I know Brennan Dilly kind of termed that uh, and, and you can do it that what you will. But it's a great idea to support people that support your values. We should set up a so much like try to get inside of like a grocery store chain and just create a MAGA grocery store chain so we don't have to support the woke people. Um I know there's like there's local grocery stores they're kind of dying out. There's like the IGAs or whatever they call them in Ohio um, that are kind of dying uh, dying out. But it would be fun, you know, uh, just having MAGA people running everything. I, I feel like this country, and, and this might sound like a separatist idea or something, and it's not meant to. But what if we just send all the liberals to California, send all the Republicans to Florida for like six months, see what state's still working all right. I know there was a TV show, I didn't watch it, but I heard about it, where they sent like 12 men and then 12 women to an island for like three days. The men had a society, they had shops, they had currency, they had a a fire, they had food. The women were crying to get picked up. I'm not trying to be misogynistic or anything, but I think we'd have similar results, even worse, if it was Republicans versus Democrats or conservatives versus liberals. Because how many times have you seen a liberal lumberjack? Or a conservative barista, right? One job, incredibly important. One job, not important. A lumber worker or a, I don't know, what's another strongman job? A construction worker that's a liberal versus like a a conservative burger flipper at a a fast food restaurant. I don't know. I I don't see that being a, a very... A very successful California if they took out all the conservatives. Because the majority of the the state with the most Republican voters registered is California. So what if they all move out to to Florida? How is California going to survive? And no importing, nothing like that. Only what you can use in the state. Do the same thing in Florida or Texas or Ohio or even Ohio. And we're much smaller than California land-wise. Send them to Alaska. I don't know. Make them brave the wilderness. And I have a feeling the Republicans will survive and the liberals Will not. That's kind of a tangent completely off topic, but that's okay. Uh, Really quickly here before we get to the break, the House passes a stopgap bill to avert a government shutdown. The bill now heads to the Senate. Uh, 336.95 with 209 Democrats and 127 Republicans voting for it. Once again, made a deal with the Democrats to pass a bill. Thanks, Mike Johnson. You're making me really proud. Um, But he did endorse Trump, and we'll get to that later. Um, so it needed two-thirds uh, from the full House to pass. 93 Republicans voted against it, more than voted against the last government funding bill in September. Two Democrats opposed it, Jake Oshnenkloss of Massachusetts and Mike Quigley. That sounds like an Illinois name. Uh, the bill now has the Senate, which expects to send it to Joe Biden's desk by Friday tonight to avert a shutdown. 
Uh, Johnson's so-called laddered continuing resolution, or CR, would fund part of the government, including the agriculture, transportation, housing, and urban development, and veterans affairs departments, through January 19th. We're now past 2024. And fund the Defense Department and other remaining parts of the government through February 2nd. Uh, the CR is clean, quote, with no spending cuts or continue, uh, contentious policy provisions that would alienate Democrats. It also does not include a supplemental package covering things like aid for Israel or Ukraine, humanitarian assistance or border security, leaving those issues for later in the year. How long has Mike Johnson been speaker now? Three weeks? He's been speaker uh, for, for quite some time now, right? It's not like it's, it's his first day and he has to kind of do whatever he can um, to get through. He's been speaker since at least the month of October. And we're still doing CRs. We're still pushing the same radicalism that we had before. We're still pushing the same nonsense we had before. And I was very happy with Mike Johnson at first. You know, he's he was a Christian. He said his worldview is based in the Bible, and I'm glad to hear that. He He's not so rich that he even doesn't have a bank account, according to financial disclosures. Uh, he has a system with his son to both account for both of their, uh, their lusting habits. I mean, it, it, really great guy. Uh, and then we have this, and it's really making me question my support for him. And um, it's, it really is just kind of a shame the way that's all playing out. Uh, but we'll see where that goes. We will follow that for you as well. When we get back, we're going to talk about Ronna Romney, Ron, Ronna Romney McDaniel again. Uh, a couple different things about her. Also, Nikki Haley's being an idiot. Uh, big whoop. New Hampshire holds the tradition, thumbs its nose at President Biden, trying to change the way their, their primary process is set up. And the Ohio House Speaker dismisses efforts in the Ohio segment to limit court jurisdiction on issue one. We'll be right back after this. This is the Conservative Crusader, the youngest hour of talk radio in the nation. Back after this. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. This is the Conservative Crusader. A lot of people said, oh, Trump ally, Trump, big Trump guy, big Trump ally. But uh, you, you, as far as I know, you have not endorsed the former president yet uh, for 2024. And this is everybody's watching this show right now. This, if you're going to do that, this would be a great, great time to do it, uh, uh, Mr. Speaker. You ready? I, ha I have done it. Yeah, I, I have. I have endorsed him wholeheartedly. Um, look, I was uh, one of the closest allies that President Trump had in Congress. He had a phenomenal first term. Those first two years, as you all know, we brought about the greatest economic numbers in the history of the world, not just the country, because his policies worked. And I'm, I'm all in for President Trump. I, okay, yeah, I, know, I right. expect he'll be our nominee. Yeah. And, and he's going to win it. And we have to make Biden a one-term president. We have to do that. So Mike Johnson saying he already endorsed Trump was news to the Trump team as they ran with this endorsement from CNBC, but that's okay. Uh, listen, he's not doing the greatest things, but at least he's not being an idiot like Kevin McCarthy and not getting behind our our nominee. Uh, so that's 
pretty much it we have for Mike Johnson today. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. You can call into the program. That is 57GOPJosh7. That's 574-675-6747 is the phone number. 574-675-6747. Or you can request to speak on the Twitter spaces, and we will get you in uh, at the top of the segment if you do request to do that. So we've been following Ronna McDaniel and her major election losses over her career. We followed pretty much the majority of her career as House uh, Majority, um, or not House Majority, but the the chairwoman of the RNC. Uh, Trump is increasingly sour with Ronna McDaniel as advisors urge him to demand RNC chief's resignation. So obviously, Ronna McDaniel, uh, it's a shame, but she is pretty much there uh, because Trump has backed her. And that's something that I will be forever critical of Trump on. He has a lot of great people in his circle. He has, you know, Jason Miller, Stephen Chang, uh, Alina Haba, um, Boris Epstein, Dan Scavino. Uh, but he also hires some people that he probably shouldn't. Uh, one of them back being backing Ronna McDaniel. Uh, so I will always back Donald Trump, but I the, the one fault he has is he's not in politics. He hasn't been in politics his whole life, and so he doesn't know who to trust, and he's backing Ronna McDaniel. Advisors are working to change that. This is from Mediaite. With the losses that the Republican Party saw in last week's off-year elections, Donald, Tr Donald Trump has reportedly become more open to advisors suggesting he called for Ronna McDaniel's resignation as Republican National Committee chairwoman. CNBC reports that a source close to Trump says he has grown increasingly sour with McDaniel in the RNC's leadership amid the GOP's disappointment in Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio. And, and by the way, I support Donald Trump, but he, ha he is just to blame in Ohio as Ronna McDaniel is. He did not come out against the ballot issues, um, which is a shame. It really is. Um, the report describes a growing chorus of Trump's allies who've argued that the RNC didn't help as much as it should have during those elections. They don't think McDaniel will be able to withstand the pressure uh, from within her party if the Trump calls her to resign. Uh, here is from the report from CNBC. Trump has been hearing from allies within his party who believe Mc pardon me, McDaniel's leadership at the RNC is to blame for the party's struggles, uh, according to people familiar with the matter. They want Trump to pressure McDaniel to resign. Several of the people lobbying for the former president to turn on McDaniel also encouraged Trump not to publicly support Kevin McCarthy earlier this year as the California Republican fought a losing battle to save his speakership. Quote, we didn't want McCarthy, and then months later we lobbied the president not to save McCarthy, a person familiar with the effort and the move to push McDaniel to resign said. I do think if there's enough pressure from us and Trump, McDaniel might just decide this is humiliating and step down. While CNBC reported that another source close to Trump said they were unaware of any plans to call for McDaniel's resignation. The re report notes that there was previous friction between Trump and McDaniel when the former president reportedly made plans to start his own party in 2021. Trump recently denied those claims in audio obtained by ABC News' Jonathan Carl, and McDaniel had said that she would back Trump as the GOP's nominee, even if he's convicted on the charges against him. Why didn't Trump go through with making his own party? The constant losses in the Republican Party are becoming more and more constant. We're not going to win either way. I, I, I think we might be able to go through and win 2024. But I think that will probably be the last straw if we do. I, I don't think that the deep state, the P5, 
people in power are ever going to allow a Republican to win an election again because they don't always back the uniparty. Um, and so Ronna McDaniel is such a major part of the problem. And something I have always been critical of Trump on is the fact that he was backing Ronna McDaniel against Harmeet Dillon. Now, Harmeet wasn't the best candidate. I actually, honestly, would have liked to see Mike Lindell more than I would have Harmeet Dillon. And I would have liked to see Mike Lindell not very much as chairman. I love his pillow. I, I use his pillow every night. Uh, but maybe not the best RNC chairman. Uh, a, a good RNC chairman would have been someone like uh, Lee Zeldin from New York. He saw he, he ran a winning campaign that he lost. And what I mean by that is he ran a campaign that anyone else would have been able to lose and he was a lot closer than anyone else would have been in New York. Uh, and, and so I think he would be the best choice for chairman. And I, I'm not a big Lee Zeldin guy. Uh, you'll, you'll, I was not backing him in the primary. I liked Andrew Giuliani in the primary. And Andrew Giuliani probably could have won the race. Um, but Lee Zeldin is honestly the guy at this point. I don't want him to be a president nominee or a vice president nominee or a congressional nominee or a senate nominee. But I think behind the scenes running the party with the messaging he was able to create in New York that caused him to have success in New York, um, I think he could do something decent for the party, and he could be our guy. And maybe Trump will back him for that. Uh, so the RNC is trying to defend uh, Ronna McDaniel after her viral uh, Vivek call-out. This is from the Daily Caller. Uh, Tyler Bauer told the Daily Caller, I would be remiss if I would be lying to you if I hadn't seen literally hundreds of people come through my mailbox and tag me demanding McDaniel's resignation. I think Vivek is speaking for a lot of people. He is the only one who's bold enough to say that he has seen from the base and the base is our primary voters. Uh, during last Wednesday's debate, uh, debate, we heard the clip, and I might play it again because it was just so fire from Vivek. Um, the upset start, uh, upstart candidate also blasted the RNC for selecting NBC News to host last night's debate or that night's debate, and characterize the Republican Party as one of uh, one of losers under McDaniel's leadership. Ramaswamy's concerns didn't go unnoticed, including by some members of the GOP, who told the Daily Caller they agreed with his criticism of the direction of the debates and of RNC leadership. So let's play this clip here. I, I played it on the uh, other day on the program, but I know we don't have uh, every single day the same people listening, and the video was taken down, so we don't have it on the bookmarks anymore. Oh, no, here it is. Let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Christian Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. 
And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because it's actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Sorry. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn That's to Governor, Governor Christie. Why you? What a guy. Rana should have taken up him up on his offer. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please take up the time on the stage just to announce that she was resigning. It'd be hilarious. She takes like 10 minutes to do it. Uh, no, I don't see Ronna McDaniel going down without a fight because she's a Romney and Romneys are addicted to losing and they are addicted to just being cringe and sucking and losing all the time. Uh, when we return, I want to talk about New Hampshire being a primary state. Also, Nikki Haley being an idiot once again. We do a little trolling. It's called We Do a Little Trolling. No more trolling in Nikki Haley's replies. We'll talk about that after the break. This is the Conservative Crusader on GOPJosh.com. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. What happens? He comes out of the gate. He hits the female chair of the party. He hits the female anchor on the platform. And then he hits me. And I'm not saying anything. I ain't saying I'm just saying. But he might have a girl problem. (laughs) I'm just saying he might have a girl problem. That was from Nikki Haley on the Ruthless Variety program, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, They are just... They are Ron and McDaniel fans big time. And she's pretty much saying you cannot criticize her. You cannot criticize the Republican Party because it's Ron and McDaniel. You cannot criticize Kristen Welker, who is a moderator, who is a major longtime liberal, propped up Russiagate, propped up all this stupid crap, um, because they're women. This is from uh, a clip uh, taken by Trisha McLaughlin of the Vivek campaign. She's also an Ohioan, and she also doesn't like me, and it makes me mad. Uh, Nothing says girl power like you can't criticize me because I'm a woman. Grow up. Um, Steak for Breakfast, who is a better variety program than uh, Ruthless. That's the usual trash rhetoric and commentary you get from gals over at Toothless. They're the establishment home of sloppy Chris Christie and flypaper Mike Pence. What a guy. Yeah, so Nikki Haley said something somehow even worse than that stupid video that we just played. Uh, where she's saying that you shouldn't be able to be on social media anonymously. Now, we're going to play this cut here as soon as it wants to connect. Um, it's dangerous to be uh, anonymized. Uh, so here's something Trump put out in 2013 on a funny tweet while we're waiting for this clip to load. Uh, on obviously a joke tweet. It should be mandatory that all the haters and losers use their real name or identification when tweeting. They will no longer be so brave. That's obviously a, a classic Trump funny funny guy tweet. Um, but Nikki Haley is not trying to be a funny guy. She's not trying to be uh, to, to be someone that is making news. She's just trying to be stupid old Nikki Haley. Trying to be... Wait, do we have the, sh- do we have the clip? I don't think we have it. While, we, while we're waiting on this clip to load, we're loading many clips. Um... 
Shut up, silly woman. So here's here's Nikki Haley. Social media account. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. That is a W. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's First of all, it's a national security threat. No, when you not. do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say. And it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. When I get into office, the. Shut up, silly woman. If you want to take away anonymized social media accounts, that has to be blatantly unconstitutional. So, so you know, those those stupid junk mailers you get. Uh, there is an increasing trend I've seen of fake newspapers uh, pushing an agenda being sent through those through that medium those are all anonymous they have a mailing address but it's a p.o box tied to no one Uh, if you can't post on twitter and make a complaint to your congressman through twitter make a complaint to your president through twitter because you think your boss might see the post and get you fired that is not american that is not freedom that is not going to stop chinese bots that is just trying to take away the freedom to speak in America. The Constitution does not say freedom of speech if you declare your identity. People will not be opposition anymore. People will refuse to oppose the normal thing or else they'll, they'll, their life will get ruined. Remember Libs of TikTok? That, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, the one stupid law, um, journalist, Taylor Lorenz or whatever her name is, uh, found Libs of TikTok's address and then started stalking her family because she posted about things liberals put on Twitter, not even commenting on them most of the time or on TikTok, just posted them on Twitter and posted the video with like, hey, this is what's happening in, in this city or, or this area. They tracked her down, found her family and tried to get her killed. There were threats against her life They threatened to hang her in the streets. They threatened to kill her. All of this stuff. Because she reposts what the left puts on social media. Libs of TikTok was anonymized and still not safe. How unsafe can we expect this place to be if you have to have your name on everything? A lot of states have required where you can see people's address if they live in in this state. Public information. So if you look up a name, boom, automatically uh, their, their address is out there. That's not a good system at all. That's dangerous. And I don't want to go out there and have to, if I have a job that I work at and I post on Twitter that, hey, maybe, you know, we shouldn't allow the FBI to raid people's homes and handcuff them in their own house, as they did to that one gentleman that posted the the Hillary Clinton vote from home meme, which was a funny meme, right? Um, if we don't promote that, oh, maybe the FBI shouldn't go handcuff him in his own house, which which that was a Tucker interview, I encourage you all to watch. Um, you're you're going to be arrested by the FBI and handcuffed in your own house. We cannot have freedom of speech, and it's not freedom of speech without freedom of consequence. If you say something bad enough, people will find out where you live, and they will make sure you know about that. If you say something stupid enough, they will find you. 
but it's not the same thing as just making sure that the Chinese bots and the Iranian bots and the Russian bots or whatever she said can't post on our social media page. Fun fact, Nikki Haley, I don't care who's posting on social media. If they are critiquing you, they are not always a Russian bot. Fun fact, we are doing this show from Columbus, Ohio. We are not doing this show from Russia, and I will critique Nikki Haley every day of the week. We are doing this show from Columbus, Ohio. We are not doing this show from Iran, uh, Iran, and I will critique Nikki Haley every day of the week. We are doing this radio program from Columbus, Ohio, not from wherever else she said, Xi Jinping's home country of China. I don't know where all she said. Um, and I will critique Nikki Haley every day of the week. And I'm sorry that I don't feel safe putting every single detail about my life out there on social media. I'm a minor. And they want to take away the minor's right to speak, too. It's very hard to get your message heard and what you're trying to convey to politicians uh, through calling the office or through writing a letter or sending an email. Because no one pays attention to those mediums anymore. They probably never did, but they definitely don't now. Where if you are able to cultivate an audience of similar-minded people on the internet that tell a politician, we will donate to you or against you, we will work against you, do everything we can against you until you lose your job if you don't stop being an idiot. Uh, When you have that all audience and that power to cultivate, that is different than just writing a letter. And if you want to take that away, if you want to do something stupid like that, you should be nowhere near the Oval Office. I honestly think, Ronna McDaniel says she's not the messaging wing of the party, and that's going to be my biggest critique of her because we should have a party platform. Um, she should be out there right now denouncing this speech because you're not trying to take away just freedom of speech for Iranians or Russians or China, uh, Chinese people. You are trying to take away freedom of speech for Americans. Because if your HR director Googles your name and it says you critiqued a politician that that HR director seemed to happen to like, or you and your boss disagree on politics and he Googles your name and sees you're on social media talking about politics, they're going to find a reason to get rid of you. And your life will be ruined from it. It may increase civility, but it will decrease honesty. And I believe that's more important. So so getting in quickly here to the New Hampshire primary, not really big news, but I want to cover it. Uh, It is about the Democrat primary where the Democrats are actually trying to change the way their primaries are held uh, because Biden's underwater in New Hampshire in the Democrat primary. And so they're trying to host it in South Carolina first where he will win the primary and kind of give him a boost. Uh, A nearly year-long battle between the New Hampshire and the Democratic National Committee over the timing of the state's century-old first-in-the-nation presidential primary is headed to a culmination. New Hampshire Secretary of State Dave Scanlon is scheduled Wednesday to announce the date of the contest which for a century has served as the first presidential primary in both the Democratic and Republican Party nominating calendars. I'm going to say a few things about why the New Hampshire primary is important to hold the leadoff position, and then I'll announce the date. Uh, He he told Fox News Digital on the eve of his announcement and at the State House in Concord. Uh, Scanland said the narrative of the Democratic National Committee is about New Hampshire's lack of diversity is not the real reason why this is going on, and there are more important reasons why New Hampshire should go first. Uh, The date that Scanlan announces, which many expect will be January 23rd, is certain to put the state out of compliance with the DNC's 2024 presidential nominating calendar. The state faces sanctions from the Democrats, which could result in loss of half of New Hampshire's delegates to next summer's convention. And the holding of an unsanctioned primary has led President Biden to keep his name off the New Hampshire ballot. However, Granite State Democrats have launched a writing campaign to an attempt to prevent electoral embarrassment for the president as he runs for a second term in the White House. Chris Sununu, who is a Republican, 
and he's actually trying to take down Trump more than he is uh, Biden, Chris Sununu is, um, is likely to attend Scanlan's announcement and make remarks. Joe Biden has completely screwed this up for himself and the Democrats. Uh, he told Fox News in September, we're going first no matter what. It's just insulting. The president has insulted the Democrats of this state. Chris Sununu, a Republican, uh, said. It'll be fun to see when they're actually going to hold that contest if they take the Democrats to task. A poll came out from Dean Phillips's campaign. I don't know if he sponsored it or not, but I saw it. It was like undecided 44%, Joe Biden 22% in New Hampshire. Uh, the, the people in New Hampshire is a swing state. They obviously have a Republican governor. They have a Democrat president uh, elected. Um, but I honestly think that that he could lose New Hampshire. And you know how embarrassing that would be? Has there ever been a president that ran for re-election that lost delegates in the uh, re-election process? At least not in modern history. Uh, so we'll follow that. We'll let you know on Monday how that goes. Remind, reminder, no program this Friday. And we'll be right back after this here on the Conservative Crusader with our Ohio segment. Jason Stevens is a disappointment once again. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. I didn't mean to pause that. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Ten, uh, this Saturday, Ohio State takes on Minnesota, and then we're going into the beat uh, Michigan week. Cannot wait for that. Uh, so the Ohio news we have for today is not really a lot. We went over on a couple segments this week, just trying to uh, today, trying to get stuff done. Uh, but Jason Stevens is a rhino. He is. Uh, he was elected by the Blue Twenty Two. Uh, 22 Republicans that teamed up with every Democrat to elect a moderate speaker. Uh, and he is anti the measure we talked about on Monday uh, to get issue one, or, or sorry, Friday, uh, to get issue one kind of taken off of the record. So let's read this here. Jason Stevens, he is wholeheartedly responsible for the fact that issue one in August was in August. It should have been in May. Uh, he is wholeheartedly responsible uh, for the failure of issue one in August and the failure of issue one in, or the, the failure of stopping issue one in November due to the way he made this commentary and the way he's done what he's done. He has been a disgrace of a Republican leader, a, respa- a disgrace of any sort of Ohio leader, and I am incredibly disappointed he even represents our party in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Ohio House Speaker Jason Stevens threw cold water on a bid to thwart, and this is from, uh, okay, so a little bit before I get into this, this was written by Nick Evans for the Ohio Capitol Journal. If you don't know the Ohio Capitol Journal, uh, 
is a foreign-funded liberal newspaper. Uh, it's not actually a paper. It's a, it's like a, a, a journal where they, they vent their feelings um, about Ohio politics. It is not funded by Americans. It is not pretty—I doubt it's written by Americans most of the time. Uh, but it is a, just a radical leftist a ploy to try to get information out to Ohio that doesn't favor the Republican Party and actually hurts the, the state as a whole with the crap they talk about. Uh, so Ohio House Speaker Jason Stevens through Colt, and so when I'm reading this, I'm going to read it word for word. Uh, I'll interrupt and kind of do a mocking tone every now and again, but I will read it word for word, and you understand why it sounds so bad, because it's a liberal journal. Ohio House Speaker Jason Stevens threw cold water on a bid to thwart the recent abortion rights amendment, issue one. Instead of attempting to deny the court's jurisdiction or rushing to the ballot with a repeal effort, Stevens argued lawmakers should focus on maternal and early childhood care. Despite the Speaker's measured response, Democrats remain weary, calling Republicans last-minute maneuvering to get a related issue on the ballot in August. Uh, so he called it schoolhouse rock. Several lawmakers have publicly refused to take issue one's passage as the final answer, perhaps none so vehemently as State Representative Jennifer Gross, R of Westchester. Now, I'm not going to talk about the conversation we had because it was off the record, obviously. Uh, but I was with uh, Jennifer Gross, Ron Ferguson, Beth Lear, and uh, Thad Claggett, all state representatives in Florida for the Young Americans for Liberty conference. And that was an, a very interesting conversation, just hearing them talk about state house politics uh, in this beautiful, albeit very hot, environment. Uh, it was, it was a really cool experience, and I'm a big fan of Jennifer Gross. She is one of the strongest Republican fighters in the House, and um, I would like to see her run for Congress one of these days, honestly. Uh, so uh, she's pursuing a measure that would explicitly deny court jurisdiction over Issue 1 and make it an impeachable offense for any judge that defined the law. Uh, here, here's the leftist part of it. Ironically, her apparent justification for nullifying the court's authority comes from a court decision. In a joint press release, Ohio Value Voters and Faith to Action argued the decision overturning Roe put elected representatives in charge. And so the argument goes lawmakers have the authority to withhold court jurisdiction. Speaker Stevens dismissed that idea out of hand. He said, quote, this is schoolhouse rocks type stuff. We need to make sure we have three branches of government and the Constitution is what we abide by. Uh, contrary to Gross, Stevens said the court will be in charge of figuring out how to apply the Reproductive Rights Amendment. Pressed on of what roles lawmakers should play, he emphasized newborn and maternal health care policy. But more than anything, Stevens seems intent on lowering the volume in what has been a raucous, uh, a raucous debate. He repeatedly stressed the importance of having a conversation about what he and other abortion opponents are for rather than just what they're against. These are our people. They're our family members. They're people we care about, Stevens said. These are, whether that's the moms, the babies, everybody, these families are incredibly important and yelling doesn't accomplish that goal. Having conversations is what accomplishes that goal, and we'll let the courts figure out the ballot issue, constitutional issues. Uh, Matt Huffin, Huffman uh, said there are going to be more ballot issues to squash it. Uh, he said, oh, no, no, he said of the idea. This is Jason Stevens. We've had a couple of votes on that already. Putting that on the ballot after having two votes so quickly, I think we all know what the result would be. Still, he didn't entirely rule out revisiting the policy in the future. He grew out an analogy to, uh, to redistricting. Organizers put an amendment on the ballot in 2015. More changes in 2018, and other measures coming in 2024. So if you have your no on issue one signs, keep them uh, to vote no on the re uh, redistricting uh, measure. Is it undermining the will of the voters from 10 years ago? No, it's the political process. Those of us who voted against issue one are not changing what we believe, but Tuesday's election forces them to reconsider their approach to how we communicate our position. Posing the same constitutional question six months or a year later, Stephen argued, isn't the answer.
So what we can do, here's an idea. We follow the Constitution where the Supreme Court of the United States says abortion policy is up to elected representatives. No one from Ohioans United for Reproductive Decisions or whatever the, the group is called, right, I think. Um, none of them are elected officials. I mean, there's Allison Russo, but she's so gerrymandered she, she could run against no one and win, and she probably and run against, I don't know, she could run against Ronald Reagan and still win. Um, and, I mean, she is the only elected representative backing this pretty much. There, there's 33 Democrats in the House of Ohio. And they are so unified with 22 Republicans that they are just, they're a disgrace. Um, but they're the only ones backing this issue on the elected side. There's obviously some Dem, uh, Democrats in the Senate. There are no, not a single one, elected statewide Democrats. There is not one, not a single one, elected statewide people supporting issue one. So if we're going to follow this measure, follow what we're supposed to follow, shouldn't the people voting on issue one and making law on abortion policy be the people that passed the heartbeat bill? Be the ones that passed abortion restrictions because those are our elected officials. And this is more than just abortion. This is the dismantling of full-born babies in the womb. This is 12-year-olds who get raped being able to not report that rape and go and get an abortion by herself or with the person that raped her. That happens as well. Don't forget about that. Uh, this is also taking away the right for parents to decide whether or not their children can get their balls cut off in a transgender surgery. And I'm being explicit on purpose because I need to tell you how extreme this actually is. And so call your state representative, call the people backing this, call your state office and tell them that you want this done to save our state. If we're going to have the most radical abortion policy on the books, it should not be enforced. Give the left the win in, in voting for it, whatever. But if we enforce it as a Republican Party, as a majority Republican, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Supreme Court in Ohio, majority, super majority Republican state legislature, Every single elected official in the state of Ohio, uh, statewide or state uh, statewide offices, are Republicans except for Sherrod Brown, and he's federal, so it doesn't count. So you know what you need to do right now: call to action, OhioHouse.gov. Who represents me? Put in your address. Find their office. I'm going to put in mine right now. It brings up District 12, Brian Stewart. His phone number there is right on the website. You can call the office and tell them to back Jennifer Gross's measure, back Bill Dean's measure. I'm not uh, Beth Lear's another one. I don't know who the fourth is um, that are backing this, and tell them to put this on the floor, force a discharge vote, and pass it. We need to save this state in any way, shape, or form possible because we're not going to have an Ohio if we keep twiddling our thumbs with this uh, two years down the road. And so I'm. I am incredibly passionate about this because I want to raise my kids in Ohio. I want to raise my family in Ohio. Uh, and I'm not confident I'll be able to do that at this rate. Um, as the parody we played, Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up in Ohio. We're going to play it again. Um, but it is it is honestly a, a shame. And it's just, we need to stop letting this this be real. Democrats won in the state of Ohio last night To say that the unborn don't have one single right Protected 
abortions, later procedures, it's sure to take a big toll. But the Democrats don't seem to care because they don't have a soul. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up in Ohio. That is the message the Democrats sent. Wonder just where their morals went. I think you get the point. We are the laughing stock of America. Through the policy we've allowed to get past. The laughing stock. And if you think that's okay, you think that you're a Republican elected official, Jason Stevens, you think that's okay, you should not be in office. You need to resign out of shame right now. This is why it's so important to elect strong Republicans, not just anyone with an R next to their name, and strong conservatives. Because people, weak people like Jason Stevens get into leadership and we don't have a state left. We're not going to have a state in 10 years if this stays in effect. If this is enforced, we're not going to have a country anymore. Do you really want that to happen, folks? Do you want to not have an Ohio? The heart of it all. The only heart they care about is the unborn beating heart that they want to murder. We'll be back Monday. Have a great weekend, folks. Don't let this dwell on you too hard. Call your representative. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 